Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. On a sunny but cold Thursday, it's 20 degrees with a few clouds out there. Hope you're having a great day. You are listening once again to Catholic Connection. And very excited about our program today. Well, I love what I do. I'm excited every day. But I love talking about travel, and we are going to be discussing that with our very own Steve Ray and John Hale. Steve, of course, Footprints of God, Ave Maria Radio, EW10, all that great stuff. And then the one, the only John Hale from Corporate Travel. There's a whole slew of exciting things coming up in the next year or so. Actually, even before then, we've got our La Doce Fide trip that's coming up, of course, in October, Wine and Shrine as well. And we have a number of different trips with Steve Ray, all partnering with our partners at Corporate Travel and, of course, Ave Maria Travel, AveMariaRadio.net, our travel page. Boy, you just have uh, the pick of these amazing trips. So Steve is going to be focusing on a few events coming up, including Lords in Fatima, Catholic Heritage of Ireland, Shrines of Wisconsin with Cardinal Burke, and Saints and Shrines of France. And then if that's not enough, it sounds like Steve's going to be literally on the road continuously. I thought I was bad in terms of travel, but he's going to be out there like nonstop. He's also doing a St. Paul Mediterranean cruise and two Jubilee Year Italy trips, including one with yours truly and Deacon Dom. I'm so excited to do Saints and Shrines again with Steve Ray and Janet Ray. It's a very all-encompassing trip. This is a trip you want to take if you've never been to Italy before because you get to see an awful lot. You get to see northern Italy, Milano, the Duomo, uh, St. Augustine in Pavia. We go to Assisi for a few days. We go to San Giovanni Rotondo. We go to Lanciano on the way down to San Giovanni Rotondo. And then on the way back to Rome, we go to Montepello, which is amazing for the face cloth of Christ. And then it's off to Rome. So it's, it's a great trip, all-inclusive in terms of, obviously, meals, a flight you get on your own. But it's such a great deal in terms of what you see and great guides, the best guides ever, including the best hosts ever, Steve and Janet Ray. So we'll be talking about that at 835. So, again, don't panic because if you're in the car and you're listening, if you're going to work, everything is on our website, on our travel page, AveMariaRadio.net. Just hit travel with us or travel and you'll see it there and that will take you directly to our friends at CTS where you may register, give them a call, find out all the information. The world is open again. It has been open again for a couple of years, thanks be to God, but the tourism is increasing all over the place, especially in places like Italy. So I would recommend if you have any of these sites on your bucket list to do an organized tour first because it just makes it so much easier than doing it on your own. So... That's coming up at 8.35. In the National Hour, we have Father Mitch Pacwa joining us. There's a couple of issues I want to talk to him about, including this news uh, right out of uh, Alabama, his home state. News regarding this whole IVF issue, which is making headlines recently because of what the Supreme Court declared. The left is going nuts with this and having a, a meltdown. Basically, what happened was the Supreme Court ruled, oh, my goodness, that embryos are children and need to be protected. And so the left is going crazy, pushing all these laws. Uh, Alabama has come up with some laws as well that are being considered right now, but they haven't put them forward for a vote yet. So that's a big story. We'll get Father's take on it, but also from a Catholic and priestly perspective, why is the church against in vitro fertilization? Many people say, well, you know, if the church is so pro-life, isn't that hypocritical? No, it's not. You just have to take a breath, calm down, and really think. Put on your thinking hand. The Catholic faith is always a thinking person's religion, and there's very, very good reason as to why IVF is wrong because of the impact, the potential impact on human life and the way those babies come about. So the babies themselves, obviously, when they're born, they're children of God, but there's a very detailed understanding of why the church teaches what she teaches. So we need to check up on that and not just take the cultural view that the church is is being backward or something. One resource that I would highly recommend, and we're working on getting an interview with them as well on this same topic, the National Catholic Bioethics Center has a whole slew of information on this. I actually met a couple of people from there personally on Sunday, and I was speaking in Pennsylvania. So again, read what the church has to say before jumping to conclusions and understand why the church always has our best interests at heart because the teachings come from the founder of the church himself, Jesus, 
our Lord and Savior, the fullness of truth, right? And the teachings are, are quite beautiful. Just take some time and sit down and read them and pray over them. Now, I'm going to be talking a lot about this next week. Deacon Dom and I are heading on Monday morning after the show down to lovely Venice, Florida, where we're doing a parish mission there for the Epiphany Cathedral in downtown Venice. And Monday night, we're giving our marriage talk based on our book, Intimate Graces. And then Tuesday, I'm doing a talk for wives, mothers, and the domestic church. And I'm just talking about, not just talking about women who physically give birth. I'm talking about spiritual mothers, because every single woman on this planet is a spiritual mother. Whether she's given birth, whether she's single, whether she is a consecrate consecrated virgin, whether she's a sister, a religious sister, we are all spiritual moms. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the domestic church. And what are our roles? How do we discover our vocations? So I'll be talking about that on Tuesday. And also reminding the women, the point of me mentioning that, I have a whole list of Catholic resources and documents I'm encouraging the women to read that just don't get taken off the shelves or discovered online. And we just make assumptions, as I did for so many years, and we get misled very quickly. So teachings of the church are there. We need to understand and embrace them. And I'll be talking about that next week as well as today on the show. So there you go. That's what's coming up today. Now, as far as the weather is concerned, it was kind of weird yesterday. It started out really nice, started to go up, if you notice that. And then for Michigan, it dropped like, I mean, my goodness, it just went straight down. And then it got to be super, super cold. And I guess we shouldn't be surprised because it's still February. We're still in the winter season. Right now, it's 23 degrees, but we have partly sunny skies. It is going to get a little bit warmer. We're going up to 40 degrees. Tomorrow, 50 and sunny. And then on Saturday and Sunday, even warmer. But Saturday, we'll have some clouds, 57 degrees. Sunday, 61 and partly sunny. And get this on Monday. I kid you not. So here we are going down to Florida, and it's going to be sunny and 71 on Monday. And it's going to be 80 in Venice, Florida, where we're at. So only 9 degrees difference. That's crazy. So 71 on Monday with sunshine. And then rain on Tuesday, but very warm, 66. Drops almost 20 degrees on Wednesday. Hey, if you don't like the weather in Michigan, hang around for two minutes. 48 degrees and cloudy. And then going up a little bit again next week as we move through the first week of March. And what is it, the fourth week of Lent already? 50 and sunny Friday, next Friday, a week from tomorrow. 52 and partly cloudy, and then sunny again on Saturday the 9th, 52 degrees. So next weekend will be the week before Palm Sunday. Okay, are things going by really fast, or is it just me because I'm getting older? Who knows? All right, let's see what's happening nationally. There's been a lot of storms uh, around the country, and even here in Michigan, in our home state. I know people have been struggling with it. There's a line of thunderstorms that will continue to push across the east coast tonight, A few of these storms may become strong to severe, with the main threat being damaging winds. Meanwhile, on the West Coast, another significant winter storm is expected to begin and last throughout the weekend, impacting heavy mountain snow, heavy rain, and gusty winds. So many areas are not out of the woods yet, and keep that in mind if you're traveling. So that's our program for today. Steve Ray and John Hale at the bottom of the hour, and then we'll be chatting with Father Mitch and taking a look also after Father Mitch with some of the top pro-life stories that are making headlines. It is 8.08 on a sunny but chilly morning in southeastern Michigan, 20 degrees and overcast. Let's see what's happening in the news on a Thursday. Oh, it's the 29th, by the way. It's the leap day, leap year. More on that a little bit in the news. Trump and GOP lawmakers are now scrambling to protect IVF after the Alabama Supreme Court's ruling last week. Yet on the abortion issue, the ruling is hugely significant for the movement And opinion recognizes that an unborn child is a genetically unique human being whose life begins at fertilization. That's one of the topics they're going to be discussing. Meanwhile, as Michael Kastner tells us, Senate Republicans are blocking a measure that would protect access to in vitro fertilization. Democrat Tammy Duckworth of Illinois on Wednesday tried to pass the bill by unanimous consent. It was opposed by Republican Cindy Hyde-Smith of Mississippi, who said the bill would legalize human cloning and gene-edited designer babies, among other things. The bill before us today is a vast overreach that is full of poison pills that go way too far. Duckworth defended the bill and said it simply gives people a federal right to pursue reproductive technology. Earlier this month, the Alabama Supreme Court declared that frozen embryos are children. Several clinics in Alabama have already stopped IVF treatments as a result. 
Senate Republicans, as Michael Kastner tells us, uh, are also in both chambers of the Alabama legislature introducing bills that would shield clinics from civil and criminal liability when destroying human embryos during the process of in vitro fertilization or IVS. That legislation comes after the Alabama Supreme Court ruled 8-1 to that the wrongful death of a minor act applies to all children born and unborn, including human embryos. In 2018, Alabama voters approved a constitutional amendment via a referendum that affirmed the sanctity of unborn life and the rights of unborn children. Catholic News Agency is also reporting that the Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America and the Alabama Policy Institute issued a joint statement criticizing the lawmakers for supporting the legislation, which they claim is in conflict with pro-life principles. The statement says it's unacceptable that the Alabama legislature has advanced a bill that falls short of pro-life expectations and fails to respect the dignity of human life. The statement goes on to say, according to Catholic News Agency, Alabama can do both, allow the continued practice of IVF with care for those suffering from infertility and respect life created through IVF. And we'll talk about this with Father Mitch Paco in more detail in the next hour. They also mentioned that they have full confidence the same legislature that passed a law protecting the unborn through pregnancy will also take this crucial step to continue protecting all human life in keeping with people of Alabama who are strongly pro-life. Both bills are still in committee and have not yet come up for a vote on the floor. The Vatican's Office of Liturgical Celebrations of the Supreme Pontiff releasing the Holy Father's liturgical schedule for March, which includes all the celebrations leading up to Holy Week and throughout Easter Sunday. On Sunday, March 24th, Palm Sunday, of course, the Pope will preside over Holy Mass in St. Peter's Square. Later that week on Holy Thursday morning, the Holy Father will preside over the Chrism Mass in St. Peter's. The next evening on Good Friday, the Pontiff is set to preside over the Mass of the Lord's Passion in St. Peter's Basilica before presiding over the Via Crucis in Rome's iconic Colosseum. As is customary, the Pope will also provide over the Easter Vigil Mass in St. Peter's on Holy Saturday and the Easter Sunday Mass in St. Peter's Square the next morning. In other news this morning, Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell stepping down as GOP leader in November, making the announcement yesterday on the Senate floor, saying it's time for the next generation of leadership. But now it's 2024. I'm now 82. As Ecclesiastes tells us, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose. The 82-year-old saying he'll step down from the role after the November elections, but will serve out the remainder of his term, which ends in January 2027. He is the longest-serving Senate party leader in American history, as he's been elected to lead the Republican conference nine times since 2006. Brian Shook tells us the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden is moving into its next phase. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer says it involves a public hearing, including testimony from the president's son, Hunter Biden. Hunter gave a deposition to lawmakers Wednesday behind closed doors in which he denied his father was ever involved in his business ventures. Comer said Hunter's testimony included claims that contradicted testimony from other witnesses. Republicans have accused Biden of carrying out an influence-peddling scheme while serving as vice president. Congressional leaders reaching a deal for a short-term funding extension to prevent a partial government shutdown. Saturday, the House is expected to vote on a bill for temporary funding. The Senate will then vote shortly after. It is expected to pass the House, but may face some hurdles in the U.S. Senate. And Mark Mayfield tells us Russian President Vladimir Putin is delivering his State of the Nation address to Russia's House of Parliament. The speech at the Federal Assembly will be delivered to about 1,000 Russian lawmakers and officials. Putin said last week that the speech will set Russia's goals for the next six years and will take into account the internal political calendar. The Russian leader is expected to win next month's presidential election as he's facing no opposition. The Supreme Court is going to decide whether former President Donald Trump can claim immunity over his election interference charges. In a brief order, SCOTUS is saying it would hear arguments and issue a ruling. The case is currently on hold, so no trial can happen at this point. Governor Ron DeSantis launching the Freedom Institute Speaker Series in Naples, and as Karen Curtis tells us, he's stressing the importance of education, not indoctrination. 
We don't want to be graduating people that have no foundations and that are just kind of twisting in the wind and don't know how to make sense of the world around them. That's why Governor DeSantis says Florida students are required to learn about American history. Every single person that we graduate out of our schools, they are going to be adult American citizens. And with that comes responsibilities. Part of the responsibility is having a foundation in American civics and in the founding principles of this country. DeSantis also says he hopes that by the end of the decade, Florida will be number one in the country in workforce education. A group of protesters calling for the mayor of Athens, Georgia, to step down over the murder of a nursing student on the campus of the University of Georgia. During a news conference yesterday morning, a group of Georgia residents shouted over Athens Mayor Kelly Gertz as he spoke. You need to resign. Resign now. Resign. Resign now. You allowed this to happen, sir. An illegal immigrant from Venezuela arrested last week in connection to the death of nursing student Lakin Riley. Other protesters in the room held signs that said, blood on your hands and make Athens safe again. Andrew Whitman tells us officials are busting yet another crowded illegal migrant shelter. This happened yesterday, the second one to be discovered in the city in as many days. Buildings Department got a call to investigate a two-story commercial building on East Kingsbridge Road in Fordham and went in Wednesday afternoon. They found 34 beds on the first floor and another 11 in the basement. Plus extension cords, space heaters, and hot plates everywhere, all fire hazards. DOB called conditions inside hazardous and life-threatening and shut it down. A neighbor who spoke with the men daily told News 4 they had been paying around $300 to $600 a month to stay there. Devastating wildfires continuing to burn in the Texas panhandle. Terrain is rough. So it is making for a hard fight. That's Max Dunlap, who heads the Amarillo Office of Emergency Management. The largest of the fires, called the Smokehouse Creek Fire, has become the second largest wildfire in Texas history. It's 0% contained, according to the Texas A&M Forest Service. Many small towns have been evacuated. One of them, called Fritch, has been hit hard. Dozens of homes and cars have already been destroyed. The FAA is giving Boeing 90 days to fix its quality and safety issues. The administrator of that agency, Mike Whitaker, and Boeing CEO Dave Calhoun reportedly had a day-long meeting yesterday about the deadline. An FAA-commissioned investigation that took a year found a disconnect between the company's executives and employees on safety and added that workers worry about reassignment or restricted career growth for reporting safety issues. The FAA is auditing Boeing's production line after a door plug blew open in a mid-flight. And Lisa Taylor tells us over 338,000 Jeep Grand Cherokees are now being recalled because of a big steering wheel issue, apparently. Chrysler says the issue could cause the steering wheel to fall outward and make drivers lose control of the vehicle. The recall includes 2021 through 23 Jeep Grand Cherokee L and 2022 through 23 Jeep Grand Cherokee vehicles. Chrysler says it's not aware of any accidents potentially related to the recall. And coinciding with thousands of people hitting the sand and surf for spring break, March and April are traditionally the windiest in South Florida, meaning there are more rip currents. Miami-Dade Fire Rescue Ocean Rescue Captain Matthew Sparling recommends swimming near a lifeguard, and if something goes wrong, try to wave for help. Rip currents by nature tend to be narrow, so by being able to swim parallel to shore, you can get out of the rip current. and uh, You could use the waves in that situation to try to get yourself back in and conserve your energy. Lifeguards are also warning about the collapsed dangers of sand holes. Last week, a seven-year-old girl was killed when she was swallowed by the sand on Lauderdale by the sea. And finally, in our news segment at 8.18 on a Thursday morning, February 29th, it is February 29th, an event that only happens once every four years. It's Leap Day. That's an extra day added to the calendar every 4th February to keep our seasons from getting out of whack. Everyone knows a year is 365 days long, but that's not exactly accurate. It actually takes, according to the experts, Earth about 365 and one quarter days to travel around the sun. To keep the extra time from throwing things off, the Romans decided a couple of thousand years ago to add an extra day every four years. Over the years, the popes have made some slight adjustments, but the leap years have stayed with us ever since. So there you go. A little bit of interesting history. It is a Thursday morning, February 29th, Leap Day, Leap Year on Catholic Connection, co-produced, of course, by Ave Maria Radio. Let's take another look at the weather if you're heading out today. Right now it's cold and clear in southeastern Michigan, going up to 39 today. 
Tomorrow, full sunshine, 50. Even warmer on Saturday and Sunday. On Saturday, cloudy skies, 57 degrees. On Sunday, partly sunny, 61. On Monday, 71. March 4th, 71 degrees and sunny. Rainy and 66 on Tuesday, all the way back down to normal early March temps for southeastern Michigan, 48 degrees. And then later in the week, next week, 50 on Thursday and sunny and 52 on Friday with partly sunny skies. Across the country, again, uh, we've got uh, some issues in terms of the weather. Just a few things to keep in mind in terms of the um, national forecast. We've got some storms developing in various areas. And we are going to see that in the East Coast, and we'll have more details for you. It seems to be changing right now. We're getting an update. So as soon as we have that update on the weather, we shall bring it to you. It is a Thursday morning. Thanks for tuning in to Ave Maria Radio. This program, Catholic Connection, of course, is co-produced by Ave and EWTN. Hope you're having a great day. We'll be right back. Today's programming on 990 WTEO is brought to you in part by Gift from Our Day Sponsor. The annual Rose Mass for Catholic Healthcare Workers, celebrated by Bishop Boyer, will be at 4.30 p.m. Saturday, March 9th at St. Thomas in Ann Arbor, followed by a reception in the Parish Hall. Karen Bussey, Director of the Mother Teresa House, will speak on redemptive suffering. Suggested free will donation is $20. RSVP at cmalansing at gmail.com. That's cmalansing at gmail.com. Modern philosophers Kierkegaard, Shelley, Sartre proposed the idea that existence precedes essence, by which they meant, in simpler terms, that in the process of time we make or create who and what we are. We understand, of course, that there are those who believe that their doing has been more successful than that of others, and have consequently argued that their being is on a higher state than that of others. This is the kind of thinking that leads to genocide, gas chambers, and abortion clinics. However, folks like Barb and Patrick and Paul and Alicia believe that from the beginning human essence is divinely ordered and infinitely valuable, and where else can we state this more clearly than our defense of freeborn children who cannot prove themselves or justify themselves. They can only be, which is why they are so precious to one named I Am. Go to Guadalupe Workers. Org. Greetings, brothers in Christ. I'm Bishop Earl Boyer, inviting you to the Accept the Challenge Catholic Men's Conference on March 16th at the Gervin Game Above Center in Ypsilanti. We've lined up incredible nationally renowned speakers, Justin Fatika, Doug Barry, and our very own Father Joe Krupp. There will also be Mass, Confessions, and a wide variety of Catholic ministries to help you grow as a man of God. Visit AcceptTheChallenge.org to register today. From the archives, this this is the wisdom of Mother Angelica. Do not let your heart be troubled. Is your heart troubled? Well, what about? Well, I have a, my children are not in the church. We've had tragedy after tragedy in our family. This one is a born loser, never been successful in his life. This one has terrible pain. All the, so who knows Jesus? And yet our dear Lord looks at us with great love as only a friend can, a real friend, and, and say, don't let your hearts be troubled. And I want you to think of that. He's saying, don't let it. Ah, now, that means you can do something about it, doesn't it? Huh? He doesn't say, I'm going to help you not to let your hearts be troubled. No, he said, you don't. Let it trouble you. For more about Mother Angelica, visit EWTNRC.com. Sometimes I drive too fast. Sometimes I risk it all. Sometimes I'm reckless and act like I'm made of steel. But I'm just flesh and bone, a product of the fall. Still I have purpose. And this I know to be real. I'm 
conception until natural death. Welcome back, Catholic Connection. It is a Thursday morning. It is February 29, 2024. Great to be with you. We're going to be discussing this story, all these different stories related to IVF coming out of Alabama. Of course, Father Mitch uh, is a scholar, a theologian, knows all about, obviously, Scripture and the teachings of the Church. But being an Alabama resident, he says a uh, close-up view of what's happening in that state regarding the big controversy over the Supreme Court decision that, guess what? The embryos are children. Ooh, many people are having a real problem dealing with that. There's all kinds of measures coming out in, well, what a shock, California, to try and, and fight this decision and go after the state of Alabama. And many people, even Catholics, have a real issue with the church teaching on in vitro fertilization. And I, if I had a penny for... Every time someone said to me, well, that just doesn't make sense because the church claims it's pro-life. And why would they want to deny a couple the reason for having a child or another way to have a child? But again, here is where we have to take a breath and say, okay, if I claim to be Catholic, if I want to receive Jesus, if I believe in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity, if I say the church is right on this being the source and summit of the faith, then why aren't AII willing to look at what the church says about these other key issues? And so one of the steps that I took that truly helped me and my husband, Dominic, to really solidify our love for the Catholic Church is to guess what? Finally read what the church taught. Now, you could spend the rest of your life reading the various documents and papal encyclicals and beautiful statements from the various popes and the writings of the saints until if you lived 150, 200 years, you would just begin to scratch the surface, but there are certainly many, many teachings that are available to everyone, and we don't expect you to try to get a degree in these things unless that's your desire, but very few people even read the short summaries in the catechism or the statements from the bishops or the statements in the Vatican that are available easily on a Google search. For example, the USCCB has a terrific document written by Dr. John Haas, who actually won an award on Sunday at the event I spoke at in Pennsylvania. He's at the National Catholic Bioethics Center. Love that organization. It's written by him. It's entitled, Begotten Not Made, A Catholic View of Reproductive Technology. It's not that long. It's easy to read. In summary, I'm just going to read a few points. In in vitro fertilization, children are endangered through a technical process subjected to quality control and eliminated if found defective. I'll try to share a little bit of this with you, and then we'll talk more about it with Father Mitch Pacwa. But again, I urge you, and this is great for those of us who may be getting into a lot of discussions this week and the next few weeks regarding the news that you heard in my newscast regarding IVF, in vitro fertilization. We know that, as Dr. Haas says, infertility is a growing problem in the country. And as a result, there has been a corresponding, he says, growth in reproductive technology industries to provide a solution. That's the other thing that people don't think about, the money that is involved in this. Just like the money with the transgender agenda and these so-called, what do they call them, health-affirming or gender-affirming care, which is a bunch of nonsense because it doesn't affirm anything, it's quite legitimate, he says, indeed praiseworthy worthy to try to find ways to overcome infertility. The problem causes great pain and anguish for very many couples. Since children are a wonderful gift of marriage, it is a good thing to try to overcome the obstacles which prevent children from being conceived and born. Scripture is filled with accounts of women who suffered from infertility. The sorrow they felt at not being able to have a child could not be diminished even by a husband's love. Okay? But the Bible tells us there are also limits to acceptable methods for conceiving a child. Recall the story of Lot's unmarried daughters who forgot, who got their father so drunk that they might have children by him. Obviously, not any means can be used to achieve pregnancy. So it goes on to talk about, obviously, the church teaching in addition to scripture. Dr. Haas says, in 1987, the Sacred Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith issued a document known as Donum Vitae, or the Gift of Life which addressed the morality of many modern fertility procedures. The document did not judge use of technology to overcome infertility as wrong in itself. It concluded that some methods are moral, while others, because they do violence to the dignity of the human person and the institution of marriage, are immoral. Donum Vitae reaffirmed an obligation to protect all human life when married couples use various technologies to try to have children. 
Without questioning the motives of those using these techniques, Dona Vitae pointed out that people can do harm to themselves and others even as they try to do what is good, that is, overcome infertility. The fundamental principle which a church uses to assess the morality of various means of overcoming infertility was a rather simple one, even if its application is somewhat difficult. Donum Vitae teaches that if given a medical intervention, help or assist the marriage act to achieve pregnancy, it may be considered moral. Moral, if the intervention replaces the marriage act in order to engender life, it is not moral. One reproductive technology, and again I'm reading from a statement from the USCCB written by Dr. John Haas, one reproductive technology with the church as clearly and unequivocally judged to be immoral is in vitro fertilization or IVF. And again, this is what I said earlier. Unfortunately, most Catholics are not aware of the church's teaching and they do not know that IVF is immoral and some have used it in attempting to have children. If a couple is unaware, they are not subject to the guilt of sin. And children, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, conceived through this procedure are still children of God and are loved by their parents. The immorality of conceiving children through IVF can be difficult to understand and accept because the man and woman involved are usually married and trying to overcome a medical problem in their marriage. Yet the procedure does violence to human dignity and to the Marriage Act and should be avoided. But why exactly? In vitro fertilization brings about new life in a Petri dish. Children endangered through IVF are sometimes known as test tube babies. Several eggs are aspirated from the woman's ovary after she has taken a fertility drug, which causes a number of eggs to mature in the same time. Semen is collected from the man, usually in certain ways. The egg and sperm are ultimately joined in a glass dish where conception takes place and the new life is allowed to develop for several days. In the simplest case, embryos are then transferred to the mother's womb and hope that one will survive to term. IVF eliminates the marriage act as a means of achieving pregnancy. The new life is not endangered through, engendered through an act of love between husband and wife and by a laboratory procedure performed by doctors or technicians. Husbands and wives are merely sources for the raw materials of egg and sperm, which are later manipulated by a technician to cause the sperm to fertilize the egg. Not infrequently, donor eggs or sperm are used. This means a genetic father and mother of the child could well be someone from outside the marriage. This can also create a confusing situation for the child later when he or she learns that one parent raising him or her is not actually the biological parent. And I don't know if you're aware, but there have been a number of abuses with IVF. They have made major stories, some of these IVF centers, for doing just what this document says, as I just mentioned, and then some. And many of these procedures are not successful. And it causes also great physical pain and damage in other ways to the woman. Just Google IVF lawsuits and see what you come up with. In fact, the identity of the donor, the document goes on to say, whether of egg or sperm, may never be known, depriving the child of an awareness for his or her lineage. This can mean a lack of knowledge of health problems or dispositions toward health problems, which could be inherited. It could lead to half-brothers and sisters marrying one another. This is a big issue. Dr. Jennifer Robeck Morris talks about this, because neither knew the sperm which endangered their lives came from the same donor. But even if the egg and sperm come from husband and wife's serious moral problems arise. Invariably, several embryos are bought, brought into existence. Only those which show the greatest promise of growing to term are implanted in the womb. The others are simply discarded or used for experiments. This is a terrible offense against human life. While a little baby may ultimately be born because of the procedure, other lives are usually snuffed out in the process. IVF is also very expensive, costing, and this is an old figure, at least $10,000 per attempt. And over 90% of the embryos created perish at some point in the process. Meanwhile, in a desire to hold down costs and enhance the odds of success, doctors sometimes implant five or more embryos in the mother's womb. This may result in more babies than a couple wants. In Canada, one woman gave birth to five children engendered by IVF. She had only wanted one, so she sued her doctor for wrongful life, demanding that he pay for the cost of raising the four children she did not want. So this is a very good document to read. I can't go into all the details here, but again, 
if someone, and I'm sure you'll get into discussions about this, asks you about it, I would send them a link to Begotten Not Made, A Catholic View of Reproductive Technology. And don't just jump to the conclusion that the church is being backward and doesn't want people to have more children or is being hypocritical because of always saying they're pro-life and yet not allowing IVF. The very reason we don't allow IVF is because we are pro-life. And things aren't always as they seem. The media truly simplify it and make the church out to be the bad guys. In the meantime, there are many doctors, there are countless lawsuits, there are many families that have come forward in the last couple of years showing how they've been psychologically abused and misled with this procedure. There was one couple, I think they were from Ohio, that learned that they thought their daughter was the daughter of both husband and wife, and they found out that this young girl had another father, and that this doctor involved in their case had also done the same with other families. So let's make sure that we understand, not that we have to have a PhD in this, like Dr. John Haas, or be a scripture scholar like a Father Mitch Pacwa, But it's not difficult to find the church teachings on these issues and to refresh our memory if we don't know them already. The church is a fullness of truth. And again, these types of documents, whether it was about birth control or IVF or abortion, really helped me solidify my faith and to stay Catholic. Because the teachings, guess what, as a reporter, make sense and they connect all the dots. Begotten, not made, a Catholic view of reproductive technology showing why the church is truly pro-life from womb to tomb. We'll be right back. Life is precious, life is sweet, like the earth beneath my feet. Though I know I'm passing through, I know I belong to you. Life is precious, life is sweet, and it makes it complete. Knowing Jesus died for me. Of course, that's our theme music for our own Jerusalem Jones, Steve Ray, CatholicConvert.com. Also on the phone with us, John Hale from Corporate Travel. And Steve, although not going uh, to Jerusalem, he's going all over the place. Steve, are you at home at all in the next? <laughs> you and Janet are like everywhere, even worse than me. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning, Teresa, and good morning, John Hale. He's on with us too. He yep. is the uh, president of. Corporate, corporate travel, travel who handles yep. all of your your court trips and my trips. Yep, I've been working with John, who's uh, corporate travels handled all of our pilgrimages for the last twenty years. Me too. So it's a, Me too. it's a long time. Yep, long relationship. Relationship. Yep. So um, yeah, we're home some because Israel's closed, and we had uh, seven trips going to Israel this year, and we've lost six to date. We still have some coming going at the end of this year, but we've had to postpone all the ones now because of the fighting over there. Yeah. But we, but, but Teresa, we are uh, our schedule is still quite full, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Some of our trips, and we're going to a St. Paul cruise, which also uh, goes through Rome and all of Turkey and Greece. We, but the three we want to talk about today are one that's coming up in April, and it's kind of short notice, but boy, if you can get in on this one, it's a lovely one, Lords mm-hmm. and Fatima, mm-hmm. because we're going all the way through the beautiful countryside of Portugal, Spain, and France. Yeah. And if you go for no other reason than the food and the scenery. Yeah. No, I've done that trip with you. It's, it's just, gorgeous. It's, yeah. it's, it's wonderful. So many, wonderful. Many. Plus all yeah. this, the sites, the spiritual sites along the way, seeing Fatima and three days at Lourdes and Santiago de Compostela, where the, where the El Camino ends, mm-hmm. and uh, so many in Loyola. And it's just beautiful countryside. So it's going to be a smaller, intimate group. And it may be the last time Janet and I do it because we're going to start cutting back a little bit on our pilgrimages as we get mm-hmm. older and want to do more with grandkids and writing. Right. So this may be the last time we do Lords and Fatima. So if people want to go with us, I'd sign up quick. Um, but then yeah, we're by also, the way, we're all the talk- trips, all the trips are listed at the Ave Maria travel page. Just want to let folks know. So you can go there and yep. see Lords and Fatima, Ireland, France, uh, the trips that Deacon Dom and I are doing with corporate travel, the trip that I'm doing with Steve, actually. Next May, Dominic and I are doing the fantastic Saints and Shrines of Italy. That's in next May. But the three we're concentrating on 
this morning, as Steve said, Lords and Fatima, Ireland and France. And John, let me bring you in here, and thanks so much again for joining us. The travel interest has really skyrocketed. I mean, outside, it's very sad that we have to, you know, not go to Israel right now, but God willing, that will resume, I'm hoping, by the end of the year. But the interest in these various places, people, are they really want to travel again, don't they, since COVID? Yeah, praise God. Thank you, Teresa and Steve, for inviting me on. Always a pleasure to serve and, uh, you know, partner with each of you. And it really has, Teresa. It, it was, uh, I think, a, a time when we all contemptibly understood that life is short, anything can happen, and when you have the opportunity, uh, you should you should take them and, you know, prayerfully consider retreats, pilgrimages, any opportunity to go, grow closer to Christ. And, you know, Steve mentioned the Fatima and Lourdes trip. It's truly one of my favorite pilgrimages. I mean, mm-hmm. to be able to visit both of, you know, probably the most uh, well-known and impactful Marian shrines right. in one pilgrimage, it's just, it's unbelievable. And the, the only negative on this trip is a positive because you go with Steve and Janet Ray. The negative could be that it's a lot of time between places, but that is flipped and it's turned into a positive because you have this time of teaching, of prayerful contemplation, of many stops along the way at really important sites like Loyola, you know, St. Ignatius, in the middle of the Pyrenees there, tucked in, is an amazing site of uh, the birthplace of St. Ignatius. Santiago de Compostelo, Steve, you mentioned, I mean, this is, you know, the, the, the site of St. James, the Apostle. And, uh, of course, a pilgrimage site for hundreds, uh, you know, over a millennia. And so the, the, that in-between time is really uh, the, the secret um, surprise along the way because you have the teaching of Steve and our, you know, the guys we partner with who are amazing, Teresa and, and Steve, uh, oh, you know. Teresa's fantastic. Yeah, Teresa. We have Teresa from, yeah, she's amazing from Phantom. But the other thing, too, John, is that ride, and Steve, you mentioned this briefly, but the ride through the Pyrenees, that is crazy, breathtakingly gorgeous. Yeah, Remember that, Steve, and we stopped at that fun restaurant oh, yeah. along the way, and, and, and we sat there and talked to the people in the mountains, and it was, it was just this, this one of those places, John, off the beaten path. We, we got off the road and had a lunch, and it was just the coolest little place. It was like a cabin-type place, a log cabin-type place. But the mountains, driving to the Pyrenees with all the streams and the mini waterfalls, I had never been to that part of the world before. I'd never, I've been to France once, but before that I had not done the Lords and Fatima tour. It was amazing. I thought it was so pretty. So even though, as you said, John, there's time on the bus, we don't waste that time. And that's what I love traveling with, with Steve and Janet, because when we do, for example, our, our um, shrines, uh, Saints and Shrines of Italy, I mean, it, it's, it, there's a lot of time on the bus because you're going from Milan, you're going down to Assisi and then down to San Giovanni Rotondo, but it goes by so fast because we share our testimonies, we talk about the different saints, and that, Steve and, and, and John, please weigh in on this, and Steve, I'll go back to you, that bonding time with the pilgrims, with each other, is super important, is yep. it not? Yep, and it is. And this is going to be a nice one-bus trip, so everybody will all be on one bus. Teresa Torres, who is She's from Lisbon, Portugal, yep. mm-hmm. she is a walking encyclopedia of the saints and of the feast days, and she is just delightful, excellent English very spiritual. And, you know, we do th- fun things on the bus. We pray the rosary along the way in the divine mercy. We also do, um, we p- pretend we're at Catholic Answers Live. And uh, we do stump the priest and stump the apologist. And people have a lot of fun with that. And like you said, the travel time goes so fast when you're having a good time on the bus. And we really do have a lot of fun on the bus. We take advantage of that time. Mm-hmm. But we also see Coimbra, which is where uh, Sister Lucia was uh, lived there for 50 years. We'll have mass there. And the, and the beautiful sights along the way. And, and Lourdes is just incredibly beautiful. And we get, we get to spend a lot of good time there, three days. So, uh, so we're really looking forward to that. And also Ireland coming up later in the year. And Ireland is uh, also a site that we've gone to many times. And it's a, really, I know that spiritually Ireland is suffering now, but the, the Catholic heritage of Ireland is there. And when we go to Our Lady of Knock, I give a half an hour talk there. I think it's kind of unique because people think of Knock as a, an apparition of Mary, but it's really a Eucharistic apparition. And it all comes from the book of Revelation. And so I give a talk kind of breaking that down. And it's, it's uh, Ireland is a friendly, beautiful, excellent uh, pilgrimage country. Yeah. 
Yeah. John, what are some of the favorite places that you find people are drawn to now and have been for the last few years? And by the way, if you're just tuning in, we're chatting with John Hale from Corporate Travel and Steve Ray from Footprints of God and, of course, Ave Maria and EWTN. I know that Italy is at the top of the list. Uh, and what about the, the other sites, too, that are that are really topping in terms of interest for you? France. Yeah, yeah France. France. I think, yeah. I, I think uh, often people go to Italy because it's it's the, certainly the center of faith, and that's they're drawn there because of the culture, the food, and, and you hear so much about it. But what, once you have a, you know, you go on a pilgrimage and you experience uh, that incredible, it's it's like the the Holy Spirit is there and present, and it's not just the beauty of the place or the food; it's the people, it's the whole experience that you can't even articulate. How often, you know, we can all testify to this, people then want to go back, and it's, well, where else could we go? And, you know, they find themselves, Steve, you've had people who traveled, you know, to basically all the places that you go, the footsteps of St. Paul, which you're doing later this fall, um, Ireland, uh, Fatima and Lourdes. And so I France. think, Teresa, it, it's, yeah, France, uh, they want to We're going to do the Saints. Have... We got the Saints and Shrines of France coming up at the end of the year, too. Wow. Wow, that's and they awesome. want to have that experience of of uh, you know once you get together with a group of people, um, that becomes part of the of the real joy and blessing of a pilgrimage because when you start at a place where you're friends in Christ, it's like you've been lifelong friends, and, mm-hmm. and you know these friendships last forever. We talked about that the other day, Teresa. Yeah, yeah. So I think you know certainly there's been a great interest in Ireland, the British Isles, and you know I add. That of these pilgrimages, Steve, you just launched them a couple months ago, um, Fatima and Lourdes and Ireland, and they're almost full. I mean, we're very close to a full bus, so we only have a few more spots left. But Ireland is just this peaceful, beautiful place. Um, and, you know, certainly you have Knock, but all of the places that you go to testify to the faith of that country. And God willing, the faith that will come back again. But sometimes we become missionaries to a place by our witness. And we've seen that over and over throughout the years. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of the, the what makes the pilgrimage special to Ireland is people witnessing the faith of the tourists and the, more importantly, the pilgrims who come there. But it's, I, it's hard to describe Ireland too, because again, it's the warmth, it's the people, it's the beauty, it's the green. Um, and it just is an incredible um, place to visit. Yeah, John, you make a really good point about the pilgrims being witness to the people there, because in many of those places, we know in Europe that the Catholic faith has fallen by the wayside for some people, but when they see the groups coming back over and over again, and Steve, feel free to jump in, we have about two minutes left, that has to make a statement to the people living there that the faith is still alive and maybe they need to take another look. So if you can, if people can see all of our trips at catholicconvert.com. There's a big banner at the top of pilgrimages. Just click on that, and it brings you to all the different uh, places that we're going this year and next, including two to Italy next year, one with you, Teresa. And so uh, catholicconvert.com, you can see all the pilgrimages. Just hit that pilgrimage link banner, and it'll take you to all of them. We've got a lot going on this year, and we'd sure love to have people join yeah. us. And they are filling up fast, too. Yeah. Um, and we're really happy about that. And looking forward to going with you next year to Italy for the two. Uh, let's see, for the j- year of jubilee. Yeah. Twenty twenty-five year of jubilee. The saints and shrines of Italy. We're going to do that next year with yeah, you. Yeah, that's so such a great trip, and it's that. so all-inclusive yeah. for people that haven't been to Italy before. You get such a flavor of the entire country, north to south, and and then back to Rome and stopping at uh, Monte Cassino and Montepello. It's just it's just fabulous. So all kinds of great stuff going on. As Steve said, you've got it on his website, catholiccomfort.com, also AveMariaRadio.net, our travel page. Corporate Travel has it. And then I have the trips I'm doing with Steve Ray and the other trips I'm doing with Corporate Travel, which we're going to be talking about tomorrow as well. And uh, please check it out. Uh, Ave Maria Radio, our travel page, TeresaTamio.com, CatholicCalvert.com. Hey, if you forget anything, just go to AveMariaRadio.net and travel with us because it's all there. Guys, thanks so much, and I'm glad to hear that these trips are filling up. We need to go out there, and this is such a great strength and a shot in the arm for those who travel, but also for those you'll be meeting in these various places of saints and shrines. Steve Ray, Corporate Travel, Lords and Fatima. Ireland, France, check it out, and we will be right back on a Thursday morning. John and Steve, thanks so much for all you both do. Well, thank you, Teresa. God bless you for your good work. Okay, thanks, John. We'll talk soon. God bless. All right, ciao, ciao, and we'll be right back on a Thursday morning. Stay tuned. Resetting your password, unsubscribing from emails, printing, 
anything. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with an auto owner's insurance independent agent, getting the right coverage for your business doesn't have to be one of them. So you can get back to more important things, like learning how that printer works. That's simple human sense. Call Choice Insurance Agency at 734-641-4200. The Heart of the Interior Life with Elizabeth Jingle. In the seventh rule of St. Ignatius of Loyola's 14 Rules for the Discernment of Spirits, St. Ignatius writes, Let one who is in desolation consider how the Lord has left him in trial. In the seventh rule, St. Ignatius is inviting those who are experiencing spiritual desolation to consider, to think of spiritual desolation as a trial. Father Timothy Gallagher writes, Persons in spiritual desolation should consider that such desolation is a trial permitted by the Lord. They should consider the nature of the trial. And finally, they should consider the divine purpose in allowing the trial to occur. If we consider, why is God permitting me to experience this trial? When we recognize our spiritual desolation as a trial permitted by a loving God and that there is a silver lining to it, then we will respond with greater courage to fight off the desolation. For more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. Hi, Vanessa Denhagarmo here, inviting you to tune into Epiphany. We're made to praise God and celebrate our faith. I want to encourage listeners to connect, communicate, and collaborate with the faith community. Life is a journey, and along the way we have those Epiphany moments that bring us closer to Christ. Please partner with me and celebrate the diversity of our Catholic Church. Epiphany, weekdays at noon, only on Ave Maria Radio. Welcome back, 855. That went by quickly the first hour of the show. Thanks so much for tuning in to Catholic Connection on a Thursday and every day here on the Ave Maria Radio Network. Leap day, leap year, February 29th. Father Mitch Pacwa has a very special Mother Angelica-related story connected with leap day and leap year, and he will share. He's coming up. We're going to keep him on a little bit longer because I want him to dive into the church teachings on IVF because, as I mentioned in two cents, this is something that people don't understand, that how many Catholics are not even told, or don't even learn it when they're growing up and studying in the faith, that IVF is wrong and against church teaching. So part of the problem is the poor catechism in many areas, but the other part of the problem, I think at the end of the day, we have to uh, be our own educators, as Vanessa and I always talk about. So Father Mitchell, help us with that, and also documents, documents, doc- documents, teachings, teachings, teachings. The church has them. We just have to read them and pray over them to understand them more deeply. That's the show this morning, coming up in just about three minutes. Don't touch that dial in Radio Land. We'll be right back. <laughs> 